0: African. Welcome to Debreak Africa from the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Bungani in Washington. Today is Tuesday, May the 17th. Here are some of the stories we're covering for you this morning. President Joe Biden authorizes the deployment of fewer than 500 troops to Somalia to conduct operations against the Al Qaeda-linked Al Shabaab insurgents. The decision to remove the persistent presence was done by the previous administration. This administration came in, wanted to revisit that. We did, through a very deliberate uh, policymaking process. That is Defense Department spokesperson John Kirby. In Tunisia, thousands protest against President Kaye Sayed, demanding a return to the normal democratic order.
1: So uh, this was um, a clear call uh, for Kaye to leave his position by protesters who shouted that um, asking him to be would
0: which to leave. It was similar to what happened in, in 2011. That is reporter Iman Blua in Tunis. More with her later on in the show. And Kenya's former prime minister, Raila Odinga, picks a former member of parliament and seasoned politician, Martha Karua, as his running mate in next August elections. We'll have those stories and more coming out right here on The Break Africa. Stay tuned. And for our top story, hundreds of U.S. troops are returning to Somalia to better help government forces in the country with their counter-insurgency operations against the Al-Shabaab insurgent group. Details from VOA's Chief National Correspondent Steve Hammond in Washington. Defense Department spokesman John Kirby says American troops are being redeployed to Somalia, reversing a decision by the previous president, Donald Trump. The decision to remove... The persistent presence was done by the previous administration.
2: This administration came in, wanted
0: to revisit that. We did through a very deliberate uh, policymaking process. The redeployment decision was made, according to U.S. officials, after it became apparent that sending U.S. forces into Somalia on a periodic basis was inefficient and increasingly unsustainable. Steve Herman, VOA News, Washington. And thousands of Tunisians protested on Sunday Against President Kaye Sayed, they demanded a return to democracy and rejected his replacement of the Independent Electoral Commission with the one that he named himself. The country's opposition, which mobilized what is said to be the biggest protest against the president so far, said that he has entrenched one-man rule since seizing executive power last year. Since then, he has dismissed parliament, moved to rule by decree, and said that he will replace the democratic constitution through a referendum. Tunisia is the only country in the region where the 2011 Arab Spring uprising brought about real change, and analysts worry that it is backsliding after the president replaced a judicial council that guaranteed judges' independence as well as the independent electoral commission. From Tunis, reporter Iman Bluwer tells me that last weekend's protesters were calling on President Sayed to reverse his unilateral decisions, while many others are calling on him to step down.
1: Um, protesters from all over the country joined uh, a protest uh, against uh, Qais Syed as a response to previously uh, organised protest uh, a week ago, uh, which um, was with Kaisai and supported him and supporting his policy. So uh, people came in thousands and gathered. So uh, this was um, a clear call uh, for Kaisai to leave his position by protesters who shouted that, um, asking him to degash, which means leave. It was similar to what happened in in 2011 uh, on Ben Ali. Uh, Just degash was a really famous uh, uh, revolutionary word at that time. So they were just uh, using that symbolic word against uh, Qaisaid.
0: And what exactly are people saying about the impact of these uh, unilateral decisions by President Syed on their lives?
1: The, so the protesters are saying that these decisions are deepening the political and the economic crisis that the ongoing one uh, in Tunisia since since the COVID-19, since the coup, since the dissolving of the parliament. It's, it's getting it's getting worse, not better, and and the effect on the Tunisian um, uh, citizen is is huge. So they are struggling economically speaking.
0: Now, there has been previous protests in uh, Tunis against the president. Does it appear that this was the biggest protest so far? Uh,
1: yes. In organization, you can notice that the number is huge. And it uh, seems like the protester and the opposition is getting stronger and bigger and gathering people uh, uh, support because of the economic situation that people and regular citizens are facing. Because um, the main demand of the people is to have a stable economic situation that they can cope with. The problem is that they have a real problem covering their daily living. Uh, the prices of a daily living, a bread, um, uh, oil are getting higher and higher. And there are news about lifting the Financial support presented by the government. So the main concern of the citizen is now to cover their daily basic um, food and and, and uh, living. So.
0: And how did the president or his administration respond to the demands of the protesters?
1: That's and also the respond is also a big problem with Qais, uh, side government and group uh, in the government. They are not responding they are not including anyone in their decision so the problem of the communication has been discussed for uh, years now with him um, people and journalists all over the world trying to reach him to talk to him but he's seeming to uh, object communication with 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 them so and even with his own people so all we hear in tunisia now is decision or procedure uh, or suggestion of law, or law applied themselves. So uh, it's like a one-man rule without involving a citizen. Even his suggestion for um, a new constitution and a referendum was his own decision and what he thought the people mm. would want. So now the people are clearly saying that they don't want to well, do what the president wants, and they have their own demands. So.
0: That is reporter Iman Bluer, a rich tie in the Tunisian capital, Tunis. Debrek Africa continues, Zimbabwe's Foreign Affairs Minister Frederick Shava says that Harare was not aware that Ronan fugitive Protez Miranya was in the country until his death in 2006. Shava said that Harare fully cooperated with the UN residual mechanism in its investigation of the Ronan suspect. He was indicted in 2000 by the International Criminal Court for his role in the 1994 genocide against the Tutsi the United States government had a $5 million reward for his capture. In an exclusive interview with VOA Zimbabwe Services Blessing Zulu, Shava denied the UN findings that Harare was aware of Miranya's presence
3: in the country. The government of Zimbabwe has been uh, complying with all uh, uh, requests from the United Nations team and from uh, whatever agency was involved in searching for uh, the Mpilanya, uh situation. And uh, Governor Zimbabwe was not uh, aware of uh, uh, uh whereabouts or even his demise. Uh, and uh, as you saw also on the findings that happened, that uh, even uh, on, at his grave, there was no name that reflected that it was in Piranha. So we, too, were uh, in the dark is to do this one. But of course, uh, we, we respect uh, the uh, scientific uh, uh, identification, which is gone on in terms of the DNA testing and, and by those who had comparisons for his identity, uh, but uh, we are fully uh, behind the United Nations uh, concern as to uh, what happened.
4: You say Harare was uh, cooperating with uh, UN prosecutors. Yeah. What exactly were you doing to assist them?
3: Well, Whatever they came here to do, to ask to facilitate wherever they wanted to go, we would facilitate that they go. And uh, there was no place that we said uh, the team uh, was we not allowed to
4: call. But uh, we have also read allegations that uh, the Minister of Defence might have been aware that he was in Harare uh, because they uh, worked with him uh, in the uh, DRC. Is this true?
3: I am not aware of that uh, information. I am not aware that the Minister of Defence was aware of his presence in Harare. And uh, I have no information at all and each of the changes were uh, that they were aware of
4: his in Harare. Are there any investigations by the Zimbabwe government to establish how he was able to live in Zimbabwe for that long uh, without
3: being arrested? Well, now that uh, there is this report, obviously the government of Zimbabwe would like to study this report and uh, come up with an informed position as to uh, what the government. Uh, is doing uh, in retrospect uh, to find out what the case might have been.
4: And lastly, Ambassador, but some uh, might say Harare is also harboring uh, Mr. Mengistu, and uh, they are saying there is no difference at all uh, with uh, uh, the late Mpiranya.
3: We are not harboring Mr. Mengistu. We have allowed Mr. Mengistu to stay in Zimbabwe uh, since uh, he fell out uh, with these people in uh, in Ethiopia. They, it was not it was not a conspiracy. Everybody knew that Mangisa had come here and brought his family, and uh, there is no comparison between this and uh, what you are asking about.
4: He was eventually found guilty in Ethiopia uh, after a, a trial. Is it not the right time now to hand him over?
3: Well, if the People of uh, uh, Ethiopia, go to the government of Zimbabwe, uh, appropriate steps will be taken by the government of Zimbabwe in response to legitimate questions from the government of Ethiopia.
0: Zimbabwe Foreign Affairs Minister Frederick Shava speaking from Harare with VOA Zimbabwe Service reporter Blessing Zulu. The Speaker of Tanzania's Parliament, Tulia Axon, says a court ruling will determine the fate of 19 lawmakers expelled from the main opposition party, Chadima. Chadima wants the parliamentarians to be removed from the lawmaking body. The Speaker's remark comes after an expelled parliamentarian filed a petition in court challenging their expulsion from the opposition party. This after Chadima's governing council agreed with a decision by the party's National Executive Committee to expel the lawmakers. Even though they lost in parliamentary elections in 2020, they were sworn into the legislature, a move that the party sharply disagreed with. For the latest informants, VOS Peter Clotty reached John Mrema. He's the Director of Communication, Foreign Affairs, and Protocol for Tanzania's main opposition party, Chadima.
5: These members were fired the year 2020 after they they were not nominated by our party to be members of parliament of special seats. And then they were assisted by the late Magufuli regime. They appointed them, sworn in them, and give them security to be members of the parliament in the name of Chadema. We did fire them since the year 2020. They appealed within the party to the governing council. And uh, last week, the governing council stood and uphold that decision of the central committee of the party. And today, something new has just emerged. The Speaker uh, of the yes.
3: Parliament says that
4: to see them removed from Parliament, a court has to make a decision. What is Chadema's
6: reaction to that?
5: First of all, let, let me say it's very clear that the Speaker was wrong. Because the Constitution of our country, as bad as it is, as it is right now, Article 71, sub 1E, says that a member of the Parliament immediately, to be a member of parliament if he or she is removed from a political party which sponsored him or her being a member of parliament. So speak of the House saying that he, she has received an information from these members that uh, they have a case in the court, and then she decided to, 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 to make that ruling. That was wrong. And as I'm talking to you right now, at the High Court in Dar es Salaam, we received that summons this afternoon, and our lawyers are in the court right now. We are speaking at this time since 2 p.m. until now. The court is about to give an injunction to what the speaker has already decided on. So it's, it's something very... We, we can't even imagine that a speaker of the house, who she is a lawyer, a PhD holder of a law, law, law PhD, she, she was once a deputy attorney general of this country, and then she can just make such kind of a decision. It's, it's something which shows that the need to have a new constitution is even more immediate than it was before today morning.
4: John rama what is the next line of action following the decision of the Speaker of Parliament, saying basically that the court would have to make a decision and not her to expel the MPs.
5: We are ready to go to the court. We are ready to go and defend the opposition, but we are seeing them going to the court as an opportunity for us because that's where they have to tell the court who appointed them, who signed their documents before being the members of parliament because we are seeing the forgery out of that. So it's a, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us because our lawyers will screw them to tell who signed their documents, who appointed them, and how did they become members of parliament. So to us, it's, an, it's yet another opportunity. So, so we are going, We are ready to go to the court to defend our position.
4: What happens if the court rules in their favor?
3: Will, will, will that be a surprise to you?
5: That will be a surprise to us, because everything is on the table. Everything is very clear. The procedures were followed. So it will be a big surprise to us. We don't expect the court to do that because the court works on the facts of the law and not on the politics. So we we will go with the facts of the law and defend it. And we're expecting the court to to, to rule with the facts of the law.
0: That was John Mrema, spokesman for Tanzania's main opposition party, Chadima, speaking to VOS Peter Kloti. Kenya's former Prime Minister Raila Odinga has picked former Member of Parliament and seasoned politician Martha Karua as his running mate in the August election. At the same time, former Vice President Kalonzo Msioka has withdrawn his support for Odinga after learning that he will not be selected for the position of running mate. Maureen Ojambo has more on this story.
6: For the first time in history, a woman in Kenya is set to become a deputy president. Many women have aspired for the post without success and Martha Karua vied to be selected as an official presidential candidate in 2013 but finished in sixth place. Former Prime Minister Elodinga named his running mate on Monday.
3: And following intense consultations, we have decided that the holder of this office has to be a woman. After 60 years of independence... We cannot be the male domination. I have the great honor to announce that I have picked
6: as my running mate the honorable Martha Wangari Karua. Karua and Odinga have in the past crossed paths with Karua publicly saying she can never support Odinga's presidency since they do not share the same ideologies. But in her acceptance speech, Karua promised to work together with Odinga and deliver to Kenyans, provided they win the August 9th polls. I'm deeply honored by the decision to nominate me as the deputy presidential candidate for Razmiola Umoja, One Kenya Coalition Party. I stand before you fully aware of the implications and symbolism of this movement. In the past one week, the Azimio Umoja One Kenya Coalition party led by President Uhuru Kenyatta and Odinga has faced confusion. This is as some parties have bolted out citing inequality and sidelining. On Monday, as Odinga was naming his running mate, former Vice President Kalonzo Musioka announced his exit from the Azimio Umoja One Kenya Coalition after Odinga bypassed him as his deputy a move that was not well received.
0: I was willing, ready, and able to see my brother, Rayla Odinga, Tosha, for a third time. A lot of things have happened. That have tended to negate that very spirit. So, I want Kenyans to know we've been in full
4: consultations. The final decision has actually been taken by the candidate himself, the Honorable Raila Odinga, his own decision, which I respect. And I wish
0: him
3: and uh, his running mate, our sister Mother Karua, well. And therefore, we've agreed to go our separate ways.
6: On Sunday, Kenya's Deputy President William Ruto under the Kenya-Kwanza coalition named his running mate a one-time member of parliament The move was a disappointment for Ruto's long-time friend and lawyer Senator Kithure Kindiki who was among those proposed to deputize Ruto.
4: The Deputy President under the Kenya-Kwanza arrangement will chair cabinet committees. The Deputy President will oversee the implementation of cabinet decisions. Ladies and gentlemen, that good Kenya... My friend, whom I have worked with, especially on the economic model that now has famously been referred to the bottom-up economic model, I present to you the Kenya Kwanzaa running mate candidate,
3: Brigadhi Gashabu.
6: Senator Kindiki has announced he would take a break from politics and support Ruto's bid for the presidency. On the other hand, if Odinga's coalition ascends to power... He proposes that Kalonzo Musioka, who bolted from the coalition on Monday, be his cabinet secretary to coordinate and supervise the functions of the government. Reporting for viewers Day Break Africa, I am Moreno Jembo in Sacramento, California.
0: In Southern Africa, the high court in Malawi has sentenced three men to 155 years in prison, each for killing a person with albinism. The three men, including the deceased's uncle, were found guilty after they confessed to the murder of a 23-year-old albino man last year. However, rights campaigners say that more needs to be done to completely stop the attacks. Lamek Masina
2: reports from Blantyre. The three, James Kanga, Sumaira Nikisi, and Guy skatupe were charged with murder, extracting human tissues and trafficking in persons in connection to the killing of 23-year-old Saidi Daiton, in Machinga district in southern Malawi in January last year, court records show that the deceased was killed when he visited his uncle Kanga, the first accused, while other accused, Nikisi and Kapute, who were also at Kanga's house, also took part in the attack in his ruling. Presiding Judge Zoning Vola sentenced the three to 68 and a half years each for imprisonment for murder, 48 and a half years each for extracting human tissues, and 38 and a half years each for trafficking in persons. The court said the sentences will run concurrently for 68 years. Rights campaigners say the sentence should serve as a deterrent to those who would attack people with abinism. Young Mahamba is the president for the association of people with the abinism in Malawi.
3: We are very happy with the judgment because if you see like 155 years uh, which they have been charged if you look at the life expectancy of a person, this is as good as life imprisonment,
2: which is it? A welcome idea to us.: The sentencing comes as another high court in the southern Malawi on May 30 is expected to sentence 12 people, including a Catholic priest, police officer, and a medical clinician, for killing a person with abinism. Malawi has been experiencing gruesome attacks and killings of people with albinism since 2014, largely because of the false beliefs that the concoctions mixed with their body parts. Bring luck and wealth. Michael Gaiatz, as the executive director for the Center for Human Rights and Rehabilitation, he says despite the arrests and stiffer sentences, more needs to be done to stop the attacks.
3: Especially in terms of insecurity, of persons with but also uh, generally, you know, to find the market uh, for the body parts. Because in the absence of the market, even if we are giving people uh, such a stiffer penalties, the, the trade will
2: continue. Haren Amwaza as deputy spokesperson for Malawi Police Service. He says police feel there are no markets for buying no body parts.
4: Because if there were markets, some of them couldn't uh, have been found with
3: their bones. They would have already uh, sold them. So this is why we are
2: saying that uh, most of them, they are misled by others, they are cheated by others. But uh, in the course of the investigations we have conducted, We haven't established that uh, there's a market However, Namaza says police will continue to apprehend those involved in attacks of people with abinism. In the meantime, police, chiefs, religious leaders and some rights campaigners are trying to educate people to stop believing in the myths that perpetuate the attacks. Lamek Masina for VUA News, Blanta, Malawi.
0: And that's it for this edition of Daybreak Africa. We thank you for spending this morning with us. For more African news and features, visit our website at voanews.com. Until next time, I'm Jackson Vungani in Washington wishing you a great week ahead, Africa.